Who gave you the ability? Yep. Who gave you the talent? Yep. Who gave you the opportunity? Do you get credit? Of course you do. Because you seized the opportunities that came along. You probably worked hard, all, all, all of those things. But I didn't choose where I was born, mm-hmm. and neither did you. Mm-hmm. I don't choose a lot of opportunities that come my way. I just seize them when they come my way. All that is from the hand of, of God. So the idea is relational theology. Ultimately, everything belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And so what does he want me to do with it? Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today, sitting down with Chad. And we are talking about this moment where Jesus, in the thick of all the ministry that's going on and getting ready for the cross, and we've seen this shift in the, the Gospel of Mark. There's this kind of a side moment, and and it's about worship, and it's about trust, and it's this moment where uh, there's this offering made. And and so talk us through this passage, talk us through the context of this moment, and then let's just unpack the significance of what Jesus and and really what Peter and Mark are are highlighting for us in this this account. Yes, we're continuing to walk through the book of Mark. It's going to take us to Easter, and uh, today we're talking about... And it's one of the most famous encounters that Jesus has, or at mm-hmm. least uh, a lot of people know it. And it's the account of the widow's might. And if you if you don't know it, um, basically Jesus is watching an an offering happen, mm-hmm. right? It's church money. There's an offering happening, and the religious leaders who have more money than a show dog can jump over. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? That's good. I say that every once in a while. Yeah. More money than a show dog can jump over. I don't know where I heard that. Texas, 100%. You heard that in Texas. But it, it stuck. So these very wealthy people are giving away lots of money. Mm-hmm. And then there is a widow. And in this day and time, um, if the widow had no children to take care of her, mm-hmm. if uh, extended family was gone, she, she would have a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. Uh, making ends meet. Um, Very much dependent in this day and age in society on somebody else working, somebody else providing. And so, yeah. No no charities, no social security, no welfare, none none of that. Yep. Right. And so her offering is she gives a mite. Mm -hmm. And a mite at this time, it's like this little less than a penny Whatever. So if you go to Jerusalem today, I was so excited because I'm like, oh, cool, a widow's might and I bought it. Turns out there's a bunch of fake ones all over. They also have real ones that they dig up as they excavate, and they're these tiny little like copper coins, but they're almost like wafer-like. Yeah, uh, I have one too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the one I have is fake. No, I'm sure it's real, man. I think somebody bought it for me, gave it to me. Yeah, it was me. It's 100% so, real. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she gives a widow's might. And, and then the, the irony of the story is Jesus speaks to his disciples and he doesn't celebrate the big gifts given by the religious leaders. This huge offering. And it's a big show, right? It's he, this big announcement of like, look at all this yeah, that I've given. Yeah, let's name the building after That's that person. Right. That's right. Um, he celebrates the widow's might. And most of us hear that account and we're like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you give. And, you know, every gift is important. And uh, Jesus just celebrates you know, he, he sticks up for the little guy here, right? He he celebrates this uh, this poor widow. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you take away from that account, you totally miss <laughs> what, what Jesus is getting at. And what Jesus is getting at is she gave the most mm-hmm. uh, because of this word right here. 
This, this is the word for Jesus's teaching. Uh, the reason that he celebrates the widow's might is because of the percentage of what she gave. Mm-hmm. The religious leaders had a lot, and so they gave a lot, mm-hmm. right? But not necessarily percentage-wise compared to what they had at large. Yeah. The widow, and this is how Jesus says it, gives everything. Mm-hmm. So what percentage did she give if it was everything? That's 100%. It's 100%. And so what Jesus is celebrating here is her faith and her trust in God in comparison mm-hmm. to the faith of the religious leaders. Because when she gives 100%, God, my whole life is yours. Mm-hmm. I trust you with everything. Mm-hmm. You've called me to give. I'm going to give. Everything is yours, right? And it is a relational thing, not a religious thing. The so, religious, religious leaders, it's a religious thing. They're mm-hmm. showing off, you know, look how righteous I am. The widow, it's a relational thing. It's between her and God. And Jesus celebrates the percentage because it's everything. Yeah. Couple couple thoughts. One, it's interesting because you go, well, that was 2,000 years ago and times have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's studies done. And I was I was shocked when I came across this study and it shows level of income and this is just this is not within the church this is just in america level of income and and generosity and it was about how much do people give at different income levels and the higher your income the lower that percentage cuz now all of a sudden it feels like oh man that's a lot so as you make more income typically in america you give less and less percentage wise yeah. and so there's a there's a diminishing generosity the greater your income is and again this is not just in church this is across the board. So I find it fascinating. Um, and, and we can unpack why that is. There's also a part of me, Chad, and maybe somebody's listening and, and they feel the same way that I go, well, this seems kind of irresponsible by this woman. Like if I just put on my very pragmatic, you know, if I were to have a conversation with somebody and I was counseling them on here's how finances work and how God's designed it, I wouldn't recommend giving 100% of their income away. So how do you, how do you take that and then reconcile that with Jesus going, way to go? Like what's the what what's the kind of practical side to that? Does that make sense what I'm asking there? Yeah. Well, again, it's a relational move, mm-hmm. not a not a religious one. Mm-hmm. And so if you approach this with what are the rules? Like this this seems irresponsible, right? What 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 are, what are the rules? But if it's a relational move, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's it's not about what are the rules, it's about what does God want me to do? And if I trust him, what does he say? Mm-hmm. So the question is not, how do I be responsible or irresponsible? The question is, what does God want me to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. There are some people that God says, like to the rich young ruler, another passage of scripture, mm-hmm. where God says, I want you to give it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some passage of scripture where Jesus says, give unto Caesar what's Caesar's, that's taxes, mm-hmm. and give to God what's God, that's tithe. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it really just depends. And this is the hardest thing, I think, at least I won't speak for you, Robert, but for me to get people to understand. That the things that God tells us to do, they're not religious acts, mm-hmm. they're relational requests. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again because that's pretty good, and I've never said it like that before. <laughs> it just popped out. They're not what God tells us to do. They're not religious acts. They're relational requests. Religious acts meaning checkbox to I'm not to get earning anything. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not, you know, making sure my scorecard is good for God because mm-hmm. He's keeping score. That that's religion. 
right? So we just celebrated baptism. Baptism is not a religious move. It's a relational one. I get in the water and I'm baptized. I'm not earning anything there. Um, I talked about it this way not too long ago. I mean, I wear a wedding ring. That mm-hmm. doesn't make me married to my wife. That's just a symbol that I am married to my wife. It's a relational move for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's a sign of my commitment to her. I relationally choose to wear this ring, right? Um, baptism is like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's my public profession of faith. It's a symbol that I'm a, I'm a Jesus follower. What we do is we make it rules. And then we're constantly measuring, keeping score. We're worried. Did we do enough? Did we not do enough? Uh, do I give off the gross? Do I give off the net? And all of those kinds of things. And, and the widow here makes a relational move. Is it irresponsible? Humanly speaking, yes. Mm-hmm. But cosmically speaking, no, uh, because if God led her to do that and is calling her to do that, God's going to provide for her. And there's accounts of that all through the scripture. I've seen that in my own life. When my wife and I started to do percentage giving, we could not afford it. Yeah. But I knew that's what God wants to do. And here, here's our story, right? So we get married and uh, we have more bills than we have money. Yep. And Katrina's still, she's in her senior year of school. Oh, by the way, and she gets pregnant, mm-hmm. right? She got pregnant six months into our marriage. And so it's her senior year of school. She's about to have a baby. And I think I'm making like $34,000 a year at the time. And we're trying to figure out how to make all this work. I brought a bunch of dumb debt into our marriage. Um, so I'm stressed out about money or whatever. And the pastor talks about tithing and mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate that guy, right? I come home <laughs> and Katrina's like, I think we should start tithing. And I'm like, well, I don't. Mm-hmm. And she Cause goes, you're just doing the math. And, well, she goes, why? I go math. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was my answer. And then she did something really dirty. She said, why don't, why don't you pray about it? Yeah. And this is exactly what I said. I'm not going to pray about it. I already know what God wants me to do. I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. she, she just left it with me, right. To work out. So we start tithing. And mathematically, it made no sense, mm-hmm. um, but we always had enough. And and at the time, I would have said, Katrina, we cannot afford percentage giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and a tithe is 10%, okay? Now, if I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, if you don't have enough faith for 10%, what can you trust God with? Which, maybe, maybe start with 5%. But at the time, nobody told me I could do that, yeah, right? So yeah. I just went all in. Yep. Um, Which what you just said there is a relational statement because all relationships are built on trust. trust. And so when we when we're talking about finances, okay, let's make a point though. Real yeah, quick. faith is a relational word. That's right. It's a trust word. That's right. And all relationships are built on trust. And so when we talk about giving, when we talk about generosity, it's going, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you with everything, and I'm acknowledging too, like, okay, this is where it came from. Um, but for me, when I when I give, and especially because we've gotten into a pattern of giving to now, it's just it's just part of what we do. Money comes in, we give. Um, but there are times that we feel like God wants us to give to something above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, that's difficult for me to do, and I'm a pastor. And again, there, there's been patterns that, that have allowed this to become easier over time. And I've seen, okay, God takes great care of us, and like I can trust him with this. Um, but in that moment, I have to die a little bit, right? There's a little bit of this like, okay, God— we're going to do this thing. I have other ideas of how this could work out, but I'm going to I'm going to trust that God, you've given this to us and you've called us like you've put something on my heart or on Lindsay's heart or our heart to give to something, so we're going to we're going to trust you with that. Um and it is relational and it's not a, you know, 
God's looking at my W two at the end of the year and going, "Hey, what happened here? You know, you should have given this or done this." Um, it's it's am I able to actually trust God because it is relational? And for me, for so long, I didn't realize that's what it was. I thought I was taught it was responsibility. You had to do this thing. I had to keep trying to give more and more and more. Um, I didn't understand it through the relational filter. Well, that's really what it boiled down to. Because in in my argument with Katrina, and then in my argument with God. I was like, okay, does my life belong to God or not? Mm-hmm. Am, am I really a follower here? Because if I've never put skin in the game, there's a chance I'm just all talk here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, God, um, this is the biblical principle. I'm, I'm going to follow it. And at that time, I would have said, I can't, I can't afford percentage giving. Mm-hmm. And now I would say, I can't afford not to percentage give. Because just I, I've seen God do supernatural math Mm -hmm. um and god has entrusted us with more and more over over time and it it really is a a a relational a relational thing that the two the other thing too with the widow's might everybody thinks they're generous Mm -hmm. of course i'm generous no nobody nobody says god forgive me for the sin of greed Mm -hmm. i mean i'll just all of you who are when's the last time you prayed that one Mm -hmm. god i'm just greedy Mm -hmm. because because we don't think of ourselves that way um we think we're generous because we threw a $10 bill in Salvation Army bucket at Christmas time. That's why the Bible talks about percentage giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the Bible wants us to give in such a way that we feel it. Mm-hmm. And we have we have to trust God, right? And so the most common percentage word in the Bible is tithe. That means 10%. And so you were talking about um, what what you guys do, and sometimes God leads you to, to give more than that. Uh, Katrina and I give more than ten percent every year. Like like we have a a, a a percentage that's more than that, and usually God increases that too. And He always He always provides. Mm-hmm. Um, but percentage means anytime I receive income, I'm going to acknowledge first where it came from. And so what we do is we give to uh, to God here at Sun Valley, and we do that online, and it's automatic. And so we just That's put same in thing we do. 10% mm-hmm. of what we're going to make. And then when we have uh, above and beyond opportunities, then we, then we add that to it. But it, it is a big step of faith. And for a lot of people, it's why they don't want to hear about money in church because mm-hmm. it's, it's where the rubber meets the road. Now, some people swing it to the other extreme and they'll go, instead of, again, it being a trust relational thing, it becomes kind of a God manipulation thing. Hey, if I give, then now God's obligated to provide supernatural math or whatever. And now the money's going to yeah. come in. And, um, and, and again, there's this subtle shift that happens of, yeah, God's going to take care of you, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking, or maybe not in the, Hey, if you gave a hundred dollars, he's going to give you back a thousand. Like that's a manipulation. That's not a relational move. Now it's a, just on the other end of the extreme. So three types of theology when it comes to money. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hit them quickly. What you were talking about just now, I would call prosperity theology, mm-hmm. which means I give to get, which means I actually don't worship God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worship God. money and mm-hmm. I'm trying to use God to get more of what I really mm-hmm. worship, which is money, right? And when you see TV preachers, you know, send in a hundred and God will mm-hmm. give you a thousand, yep. you know, which is the example you just gave. Uh, that is a load of crap. That is not biblical. Uh, Jesus did not die monetarily wealthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the idea that if I do everything God wants me to do, I'm going to be rich and healthy and beautiful and famous. And yeah, that's just, 
Yep. No. Yep. We've said this before on the podcast. If it's not true everywhere in the world for all believers, it's not true. That's right. And, and so to, to contextualize it in Western culture of, yeah, there are opportunities to build wealth in America that there aren't in other parts of the world. And and so we can go, well, then that must be God's plan and God's track. And if I do these things, then, I, then I'll get all those things. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes people get sick or people don't have the ability to work or whatever it might be uh, due to some kind of ailment or whatever. Um, it's just not true. Yeah. Well, let's look at the example here. Uh, the religious leaders and, and the widow, right? Mm-hmm. The religious leaders are all going to go to bourbon and bones after mm-hmm. and, and have big tomahawk ribeyes, mm-hmm. right? And huge glasses of wine. Oh, you know, and then the, the widow is going to go home and have soup, bread, yep. Yep. and a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we go, oh, maybe prosperity theology, if Jesus says this is the one who gets it, yeah. right? Maybe prosperity theology is not right. Here's the other side. And I'll also say this just real quick on that because it, it popped into my mind. There are different types of poverty and there's different types of wealth. Absolutely. And, and in this moment, you have a financially rich person who is spiritually impoverished mm-hmm. and you have a financially poor person who is spiritually rich. And Jesus is calling out there are more than one kind of poverty. And, and, and when we talk about wealth, there's more than one kind of wealth. Yeah. And, and one actually lasts. And, and one's actually greater than the other. And, uh, and I think Jesus is shining a light on that. Okay, so that's prosperity theology. Mm-hmm. So right now, based on what you just said, there's a bunch of people listening right now going, yep, yep, the poor are God's favorite, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If, if, so that means if you're poor, you're really right with God because you're spiritually rich, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So prosperity theology, no. Poverty theology, no. Mm-hmm. Poverty theology says... If you're poor, then then God's happy with you. Mm-hmm. And if you're rich, God is upset with you. There are lots of rich people in the Bible that God mm-hmm. was happy with. Yeah, you have Joseph of Arimathea, you have Nicodemus, you have these guys who are wealthy that, that are followers of Jesus. And really, uh, you, you have Lydia, you have people that help fund the, the church, you have people that help fund the missionary journeys of Paul, you have those that are fueling it that, that we would put in that category of, yeah, these are Jesus followers. These are in that quote unquote righteous. Now, none of us are righteous apart from Jesus, but that that's somebody that we would go, yeah, these are the wealthy who are utilizing what God has blessed them with and what they have influentially when it comes to finances for the good of God's kingdom. And God would say, way to go. You're doing it. Yeah. You you went with some lower name players. Mm-hmm. People were going, who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Abraham was rich. Mm-hmm. Moses was rich. Solomon. David, David mm-hmm. was rich. Solomon's wealthiest man that ever lived. Mm-hmm. And he got his wealth from the hand of God that mm-hmm. blessed him and gave him wisdom. So, so you have all of these examples. You also have, uh, so, so you have the righteous rich mm-hmm. in the Bible. You also have the unrighteous poor talked about in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs says some people don't have any money because they're stupid mm-hmm. and they and they waste money and they're lazy and they won't work or they gamble it away or they drink it away or those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So if you go poverty theology, that's not right either because it's not about money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about, do you trust God or not trust God? Mm-hmm. Do you do what God says or do you not do what God says? Uh, some people are going to do what God says and they're going to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to do what God says and they're not going to be wealthy, right? I mean, it is all over the map. Again, it's not religion. It's, it's relationship. So poverty theology, no. Prosperity theology, no. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 what is it? Well, let's just go with how we're talking about it. It's relational theology. Yeah. Everything I have is God's, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So what does he want me to do with it? Um, if I was preaching, I would say, you know, what we think we own is really just on loan. Mm-hmm. We, we, we came in with nothing. That's right. 
into this world. We're going to go out with nothing, right? So everything we have ultimately belongs to God because he's eternal. Mm -hmm. And he's entrusted us with what we have for a time. And of course, then immediately we all go, well, I worked hard for that. Who gave you the ability? Yep. Who gave you the talent? Yep. Who gave you the opportunity? Do you get credit? Of course you do. Because you seize the opportunities that came along. You probably worked hard, all, all, all of those things. But I didn't choose where I was born, mm-hmm. and neither did you. Mm-hmm. I don't choose a lot of opportunities that come my way. I just seize them when they come my way. All that is from the hand of, of God. So the idea is relational theology. Ultimately, everything belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And so what does he want me to do with it? I, I, got, an, I got an email, um, oh, man, a couple of years ago. And I was talking about giving, and the email basically said, uh, you know, I could give, but what difference does it make? The church is doing all right, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And it was all this— It was more about what's the need of the church, and is it the church meeting the need, or it was had nothing to do with that person's own journey or that own oh, their no. own relationship with God. It, it didn't even have to do with that, Robert. Yeah. It 100% had to do with this person was going, this is my money. Yeah. Sell me. Hmm. That's what they wanted. And so I just wrote back and said, I will never sell you mm-hmm. <laughs> on you trusting God. Because at the end of the day, I don't I don't think you're ready to give yet. Mm-hmm. And so I would just write back and tell you, you don't get it yet. If you want to talk about it, I'll help you get it. But it's not my job to fundraise mm-hmm. from you here at Sun Valley. It's my job to teach the Bible, encourage you to trust Jesus. And, and, I, and I hope you do that. And Go give to another church, right, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm your problem. Of course, they don't write back. Um, that kind of thinking says it belongs to me. So sell me on, on what needs to happen here. And that's, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches it belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what does he want me to do with it? And in that, uh, at the beginning, I, I give to God the first 10%. I do that through the local church because that's how he works and that's what he tells me to do. And then above and beyond that... He leads and, and, and guides me. Um, but at the end of the day, again, it's, it's not prosperity theology. It's not poverty theology. It's, it's relational theology. Uh, what can I trust him with? But I would challenge everybody um, as a pastor. And by the way, I, I don't have a problem talking about money. Um, I don't have a problem challenging people to trust God with their money because I know what it's done in my life. And I know what it's done in the lives of others, and it's good. Mm-hmm. My job is to challenge everybody to follow Jesus, and so I will never shrink back from that. And at the top of the list is is finances. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you begin to trust God in, in that way, it takes you to another level in your faith. And so it's not prosperity. It's not poverty. It's, it's, it's relational theology. But why percentage? Because that's what the Bible teaches. Yeah. And if it's not percentage, you won't be generous and you won't really trust him. Uh, because a $50 bill here and there in the modern world is, is, is probably not where it's at for most of the people listening to this podcast. But you step into, into 5% of your income, 10% of your income plus, that's real. Yeah. It's just different. One of the fascinating things we started doing a couple years ago, actually several years ago now, is we started saying, hey, we know that this is scary and we know that it is a, a big step of faith and trust. And so we started doing this thing called the tithe challenge yeah. where we said, hey, trust God with giving 10% and and try it, you know, here for the next few months or whatever. And if at the end of it, you're like, this is miserable, like 
God's not blessed me in that and not talking about financially, everything, you know, went through the roof or whatever, but just like, okay, I'm trusting God and he's trustworthy in this because God does say to test him in this area. Um, so we started doing that. And at the end of it, we would say, hey, you know, if you want all of that, that you trusted God with and giving, you want that back, we'll give that back. And I think we've had maybe one or two people ever like actually do that. And then we get testimonies, which is people's stories of like, what have you seen God do in your own life and in your relationship with God? Again, to use that relational terminology, um, and we have just pages Hundreds. and pages and pages of, of people's stories of, yeah. I didn't think I could trust God and I did. And it's made this huge difference in my relationships with other people, in our marriage. It's made, you know, all this difference in my relationship with God. And we've seen the fruit of it, which is why it's easy to go, hey, you should do this. Like mm-hmm. trust God with this and experience what so many other people have experienced. But again, it, there's a little bit of fear. There's a little bit of like, okay, can I actually trust God and take this step? Um, and so I would, I would challenge you if you're like, I haven't taken that step to trust God with that. Um, and I think we still have on our, like if you want to give to Sun Valley on our website, if you go to give.sv.cc, there's a place on there where you can do the tithe challenge and sign up for that. It's a 90-day tithe challenge. And even the couple of people that um, – it wasn't a can I have my money back. It was, it was, man, I'm going through difficult times here. And we actually got to help those people, which, yeah. which, is, which is good. It, it's, just, it's just about trusting God. Mm-hmm. You give first, you save second, you live on the rest. If you want specific percentages, if you're new to all this, I would give 10%. I would save at least 10%, mm-hmm. and I would live on 80%. Mm-hmm. You give the first 10%, that honors God. That's what the word tithe means, and, and that's a trust thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you save 10% because that builds wealth, and the Bible teaches that too. Mm-hmm. You, you prepare for the future, and so you live on 80%, and that teaches contentment. In American culture, everybody lives on 110% because right. they're using credit cards. So, so the, the sooner you can get on God's path mm-hmm. of you give 10, you save 10, you live on 80, the better off you will be in the, in the long run. That's right. Yeah. All right. We're out of time here, um, but I'm just going to pray real quick for those that are listening and maybe uh, a little nervous to take that step and, and to trust God. Yeah, and I, and if that's you, I I get it, and I'm, I'm, Robert's going to pray for all of us here. I was there. Um, it is a big step of faith, and so if we can hold your hand and help you with the 90-day challenge, great, um, but you're never going to regret trusting God, mm-hmm. and so I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Pray for us, Robert. Let's Thanks. pray. Father, would you help each one of us to trust you? Um, I know we've been talking about money this whole time. Um, I know that there's lots of different areas, God, that maybe we're hesitant to trust you. Um, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would uh, you would reveal wherever that area is, um, that we would be reassured, God, that you are trustworthy. And so if it's finances, if it's a step that we know you want us to take, if it's whatever that might be, whatever's on our heart and mind right now, um, God, would you help us to make the relational move of, of trusting you? Um, and I pray that, that Holy Spirit, you would give us courage, give us wisdom to know what that step is, give us courage to take it. And uh, God, may we grow closer to you in the process. And uh, God, experience uh, the joy of relationship with you in new ways. And so we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. 
Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.